Welcome to God's Word for Life Lesson Companion Podcast, brought to you by Word of Flame Curriculum and the Pentecostal Publishing House. This podcast encourages adult disciples to think deeply about God's Word, further develop their personal relationship with Jesus Christ, and make a greater commitment to the purpose and plan of God for their lives. Let's dive into today's lesson and explore what it means to live out God's Word in our lives. Well, hello everyone and welcome to God's Word for Life. This is episode number 14. This is a lesson companion podcast, so for those of you who are Word of Flame curriculum customers, we invite you to grab your summer 2020, The Living Word, and turn in your lesson manual or your student workbook to lesson number eight, intended for July 26, 2020, lesson entitled Unexpected Ways. For those of you who are not Word of Flame curriculum customers, we invite you to grab your Bible, sit back, and let's dive into God's Word together. Well, before we look at our scripture text today and think about how we can apply that this week to our lives, I was thinking about an incident in my life when I spent a couple months in the country of Peru assisting a missionary family there. I had uh, was able to uh, won't be able to tell all the story, but uh, during my stays there, we were able to go in and out of the Amazon jungle, and there were some places that churches had been established. There was one small village uh, called the Village of Indiana, and it was about 45 minutes up the Amazon from where uh, we were staying, where I was living at the time, and I had recently gone back home for the funeral of my grandmother and I'd come back, and when I'd come back in the country, there was an issue with my passport, and the customs agents there in Iquitos, Peru, took my passport from me. Well, I'm a worrier, and I had just lost my grandmother and had unexpectedly had to go back home for that funeral, and so the enemy started playing tricks on my mind, and my mind went every different direction, and my passport's gone now, and so I'm thinking, what if another tragedy strikes my family? What if something else bad happens? I can't even leave the country if I want to. And I let this stew over in my mind, and you know how fear can take over and anxiety can take over. And for the next week or two, I was I was having trouble sleeping. I was having trouble concentrating because all I could think about is what if something else bad happens? I can't get home. I can't get my passport back. I don't know when they're going to give it back to me. And so I remember going up the river with the missionary for a Sunday service and We had service that morning, and of course, I was distracted. I was trying to do my best to focus on the service and focus on ministering, but I was distracted. After the service that morning, we went to a little little home there in that tiny village, you know, no air conditioning, kind of out in the open, and I was laying there on a cot, and I was just trying to nap for the afternoon. I was praying, God, help me. Uh, with this fear, this anxiety, I don't know what, know what's going to happen. I know you're everything under control, but I need you to help me with this fear. And I, I didn't know what was going to happen. We got out of out of bed after the nap that that day and made our way to the little um, stone church building for that evening service that Sunday night. I sat myself down in the back of the church building. This was before services started, and there was some a group of children milling around up front, and they, uh, they had a little choir leader, and the, the few children that were there were practicing a song they were going to be singing for the service that night. I, I kind of heard, you know, noises in my head from, from this singing, because I'm, I'm still focused on fear and the anxiety. How is this all going to work out? And 
as I'm sitting back there and I got my head buried in my hands and I'm just praying and talking to God and all of a sudden the tune that they're singing rings a bell in my mind and it sounds familiar. I'm like, what is that? I'm just learning the language. I couldn't pick up everything they were saying, but the tune sounded so familiar. And then all of a sudden at a particular point in the song they were singing, I realized what they were singing. And they were singing the song, Because He Lives, I Can Face Tomorrow. Because He Lives, All Fear Is Gone. Because I Know He Holds My Future, Then Life Is Worth the Living Just Because He Lives. I did not expect that in that moment, God was going to speak to me through some little beautiful little children who were singing a simple song that reminded me God was in control and God knew what he was doing. God is able to meet us and minister to us and strengthen us in unexpected ways. And that's what our lesson is about today. The focus thought for today's lesson is God works in unexpected ways to bring his purpose to pass. If you would turn with me right now to 2 Kings chapter 7, and we're going to read a few verses for there as we look at this lesson, Unexpected Ways. All right, as we look in 2 Kings chapter 7, and let's begin reading at verse number 3, and we're going to read down to verse number 9. If you've got your uh, student workbook, your lesson manual, you can follow along, or if you have your Bible, follow along with me. This is the King James Version, 2 Kings chapter 7, beginning at verse 3. And there were four leprous men at the entering in of the gate, and they said one to another, Why sit we here until we die? If we say, We will enter into the city, then the famine is in the city, and we shall die there. And if we sit still here, we die also. Now therefore come, and let us fall unto the host of the Syrians. If they save us alive, we shall live, and if they kill us, we shall but die. And they arose up in the twilight to go into the camp of the Syrians. And when they were come to the uttermost part of the camp of Syria, behold, there was no man there. For the Lord had made the host of the Syrians to hear a noise of chariots and a noise of horses, even the noise of a great host. And they said one to another, Lo, the king of Israel hath hired against us the kings of the Hittites and the kings of the Egyptians to come upon us. Wherefore they arose and fled in the twilight and left their tents and their horses and their asses, even the camp as it was, and fled for their life. And when these lepers came to the uttermost part of the camp, they went into one tent and did eat and drink and carried thence silver and gold and raiment and went and hid it and came again and entered into another tent and carried thence also and went and hid it. Then they said one to another, We do not well. This day is a day of good tidings and we hold our peace. If we tarry till the morning light, some mischief will come upon us. Now therefore come that we may go and tell the king's household. God works in unexpected ways to bring his purpose to pass. This has always been such an interesting story in Scripture to me. I've heard it preached uh, on many times. I've imagined it in my mind many times, trying to creatively think, how did all this happen? These four lepers who... In that society, there was no cure for leprosy, and it was very contagious. And when someone came down with leprosy, they were 
kicked outside of the city. They were told to quarantine themselves. They were told to get away from everybody. They were unclean, and they could not come near uh, normal, healthy people. And so we find these four lepers, and they are outside the gate. And not only that, but at this point in time in Samaria and Israel's history, there had been a severe famine. And so the lepers were outside the city and they were starving, but so was all the healthy people inside the city. They were starving. There was no food. The Syrian army had surrounded them and had cut off any supplies and the people were dying and they were dwindling and it was it was a very dire circumstance. And so we find, we're going to focus on these first two verses, verses three and four. We find these four leprous men sitting there outside of the gate and they begin talking to one another and they ask themselves, why are we just sitting here and dying? And they begin to begin to uh, rehearse their options. Well, if we, if, if we go into the city, uh, there's famine in the city and we're going to die there. If, if not, somebody doesn't just throw stones at us and kill us. Uh, we're going to, because we're lepers and they don't want us in there, we're going to die if we go into the city, whether we starve or whether we're killed. And if we sit here, we're going to die also. Our bodies are deteriorating. We don't have food. We're going to die if we sit here. What if we get up and we start walking towards the Syrians? Well, one of the buddies might have spoken up and said, well, we'll probably die there too. They're going to kill us. And they said, well, that's really the only unknown. So let's just do it. Why, why do sit here until we die? I want to ask you a question to think about with these two verses in context. How have you responded upon realizing inaction was no longer acceptable? How have you responded in your life upon realizing inaction or taking no action was no longer acceptable? Have you ever sat too long somewhere? Um, have you ever sat too long? I've, I've, I've had my legs sit too long and it falls asleep. Have you ever sat too long somewhere and, and you just, I just got to get up and do something. I, I just got to get up and move. I got to get up. In a way, this is what these men were facing. And spiritually, sometimes we sit too long. We find a place of comfortableness. We find a place where um, this is just where life and circumstances have brought us to and we're sitting there, and we've, we find we've sat too long. When God is wanting us to move forward, when, when God is wanting us to take action, what do you do in life? What do you do in your spiritual walk when you realize you've been sitting too long, when you realize you've been in one place too long? It's time to take action. It's time to move. It's time to get up. It's time to do something. It's time to act on what you know. It's time to act in faith. And I believe there's probably somebody listening to me today. You're in that circumstance. You've just been sitting too long. You've got some options. There's some, there's something you need to do. There's something God's been talking about you, talking with you and, and asking you to do, but you just, you're just sitting there. You're comfortable. I've come to stir you today. As you think on this passage of scripture, have you been sitting too long? Is inaction no longer acceptable? Then it's time to get up and it's time to move. Let's look at verse 5, 6, and 7 as we consider this next part of the passage. They, the 
the lepers, they rose up in the twilight and they decided to go to the camp of the Syrians. And when they came to the outermost part of the camp, they saw the smoldering fires and they, they saw things kind of strewn around and it looked like people had been there, but they couldn't find anybody. It was as if the camp was empty because it was, there was no, nobody was there. There was no man there, verse 5 says. And what had happened is the Lord had made a sound. I, I heard somebody preach on this one time as if God up in heaven uh, gathered the angels together and told them to march in place. And he gathered chariots up there, just said, let's just run these around in circles. And he sent that sound. I know it's just uh, just thinking about being creatively to think about what really happened. But somehow God sent a sound that the Syrian army heard. And it sounded like a vast army and chariots and horses and soldiers. And it scared the Syrians so much that they thought Israel, Samaria, had hired the the uh, the Hittites and that they had that they had hired the Egyptians to fight for them and the Syrians were scared and they got up and they left everything and they fled away from the camp and so when these lepers come to the camp they find tents full of food and clothes that have been left behind and these lepers just started gathering everything they gathered some clothing and they gathered some silver and they gathered some gold and they went and hid it. They, they, they kind of created them a, a stash and, and hid it in the earth and keep it for later on. I want to ask a question to you. I want you to consider something as you think about this passage. Have you ever seen God act on your behalf unexpectedly? Kind of like the story I told about the kids singing because he lives just out of, out of nowhere, just God speaks to me, unexpected. Or as in this case, when the lepers get to the camp and they find unexpectedly, it's empty. And everything that they needed and have been desiring is there. Have you ever seen God act on your behalf unexpectedly? I, I bet you have. I guarantee somebody's listening to me today. We've all experienced God doing something that we did not expect. I want us to think about that today and throughout this week and how we can be thankful for how God has moved in our lives in unexpected ways. Verse number 8 and verse number 9. Let's consider these verses. Verse 8 says, And when the lepers came to the uttermost part of the camp, they went into one tent and eat and drank and carried thence silver and gold and raiment and went and hid it enter into another tent, carry some things off and hit it. Verse 9 says, Then they said one to another. You know, this is great, and this is a wonderful thing that's happening, but we're, we're probably, this is probably not the best. I mean, we're blessed. This is wonderful. It's a day of good tidings. We're rejoicing. I, I haven't felt this happy in my entire, I can't remember the last time I felt this happy. But, you know, if we just stay here and hold on, something bad's probably going to happen. Because we, we shouldn't hold these things to ourselves. Everybody back in that city, our family, our friends, they're all starving. We need to go tell the king. Because everything our city needs is right here. Let me ask you a question to consider in these two verses. Why should we share with others the blessings we have received? Why should we share with others the blessings we have received. You know, first of all, I think one of the reasons we should share with others the blessings we're, we've received is because really the blessings God gives us are so over and above 
what it's too much for us to enjoy by ourselves. It's too much really for us to, to have by ourselves. Every blessing God had given us, if we will look at it with unselfish hearts and unselfish eyes, we will understand and see that every blessing God's given us, there's enough to share with somebody else. There really is enough to let somebody else uh, experience in the blessings that we have received. But secondly, I think another reason we need to is because God often blesses people through people. God often uses human instruments to bless other humans. It's, it's been that way all throughout Scripture, all throughout time. God has always chosen people. He's chosen men and women and children to, to bless other people. He gives us his blessings so we can be vessels and conduits that allow those to flow through us and so other people can be blessed. What could we do today? I want a couple calls to action for these the questions, the, ver, the questions we've considered, these verses, this passage we've looked at. Number one call to action this week, I challenge you to ask the Lord to reveal to you an area of inaction in your life that needs activated. When when do you need to get up? Is there some, some area in your life you need to stop sitting? I want that to be a prayer this week for each one of us. Lord, is there an area in my life of inaction that I need to take some action, that I need to move, that I need to get up, that I need to stop sitting? What is that area? I want you to challenge you to take some time this week to pray and ask God to reveal that to you. Secondly, I challenge you to write down some things God has done for you unexpectedly. Think about some time, spend some time meditating on God's goodness to you this week and write down, make a list of some things God has done for you. And I want you to recount those in prayer each day this week with thanksgiving. Each day this week, I want you to thank God for those things you've written down. God, you've moved in my life. You've blessed me. I want you to be thankful. And maybe throughout the week, that list will grow as you think of more, as God reminds you more and more of what he's done for you. And as you do, as that list builds, every day I want you to take time, challenge you to take time and thank God for those things he's done for you unexpectedly. And then the last thing I challenge you to do, find someone to bless this week. I want you to pray for them. I want you to bless them spiritually. But I challenge you to find somebody that you can physically bless this week. Maybe it's financially you could bless them. Maybe it's cooking a meal for them. Maybe it's food. Maybe it's clothing. That's what these lepers found. They found financial blessing. They found food. They found clothing. I know a lot of times we want to bless people, and it's wonderful. We need to pray for people. But we kind of let it stop there. But I think we need to allow this week. I want you to pray and ask God to lead you to someone you can bless physically, financially, food, clothing. Who is somebody you could bless this week? I want you to, I challenge you, ask God to show you somebody you can bless this week. Dear Lord Jesus, we are so grateful for the many unexpected blessings you've given us. There are times where you've moved in our lives we just didn't see it coming. And if we're honest, we didn't think it was going to come. But you have proved over and over, time and time again, that you are a good God, a wonderful Heavenly Father who looks out for your children. And we're so grateful for that. Well, we pray that you'd reveal to us areas of inaction in our life that we need to step up, get up where we're sitting, and begin to move and begin to act in faith so that you can flow through 
us and minister to people. We're thankful, so thankful for those, all the unexpected ways you've moved in our lives, the blessings you have poured out upon us. And I pray you would show us this week, Lord, we want to be conduits, vessels of your blessings that we can reach other people and help other people. I know there's got to be somebody in our lives around us this week that we can reach out and be a blessing to and let your blessings flow through us and bless them. And I pray you would do that in each one of us. We're so grateful. We love and magnify your name. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to God's Word for Life Lesson Companion Podcast, where together we explore what it means to live out God's Word in our lives. If you haven't yet, make sure to subscribe to this podcast. And if you are looking for other Bible study tools and resources to encourage you in your walk with God, visit us today at PentecostalPublishing.com.